All right, everybody, welcome to the Outdoor Ed Podcast. I am your host, 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 (laughs) Matt Mascarinas. I'm joined today by somebody who you're going to become very familiar with, uh, Ron Lowry. Hello, everybody. And uh, Ron, I mean, we were talking before about um, uh, kind of what what you we were just went over tournaments. You're, we were talking tournaments before. Yeah. We talked hunting before. We were yeah. just sitting here, just chatting. Just chatting. We should have just turned it on. Hit yeah. play, yeah. We should have just hit record. We should have just hit record right off the bat. Yeah. And um, I, uh, yeah, you know, a quick overview that it won't hurt. But uh, you know, biggest thing just to kind of let people know. A lot of people know Matt. Uh, they're going to become familiar with Matt with all of this. Myself, uh, I'm. A tournament fisherman, a guide, and a on pro staff uh, with Bass Pro Shop Colorado Springs. Um, so, with that being said, I'm pretty busy. Keep myself pretty busy. Sounds like uh, it. But you know, it's one of those deals when you're into the outdoors, as we are. It's like, are you okay? You know, we're all busy. You know, yeah, every, every, we're going yeah. different directions all the time. You know, but running around crazy. This time of year definitely got a little bit hectic for me. Um, well, this year actually, in, in general. Um, as I also took on a position with uh, Crowley Marine. Yep. And that's been uh, an absolute honor and a treat uh, to be able to go out and jump into the boat, a uh, brand new boat or boat purchase, uh, whether it be a Lund, a Ranger, or a pontoon, and go front to back with this uh, boat with people and really get them a good understanding of the boat. and. And some guys still like, hey, how do you trailer it? How yeah. do you back up the trailer? Uh, to guys that are, you know, definitely very experienced to where it's just like, oh, man, I didn't know those few things. Like, oh, I didn't know you guys drop down your kicker and use your electric control. How do you do that? Why do you do it? Blah, blah, blah. And that's huge. That's huge stuff. that you get to do that. And that's 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 a real neat um, uh, deal that they got going on. And it's the, what a right person to have in that position to do that because you have so. so much experience <laughs> in doing that. But yeah, if you hear something about somebody in Cherry Creek uh, pulling out pulling out of the water and forgetting to relax your boat up, yeah. think about Ron. Say, hey, yeah. Ron, did Ron tell? I wonder yeah. if Ron did Ron did Ron tell that guy? Explain to that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, got to, he's got to put it on the crank and get it all the way up. Did Ron yeah. tell him that? Yeah. So yeah, but no, I mean it's 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 uh it's it's one of those those deals where um, people purchase a boat mm-hmm. and they just right away they they don't even think about all the things you have to do so, so much you're you're yeah. an option to um to go in and say hey ron teach me how to back this yeah. sucker up there's little stuff uh little things that like hey all of a sudden um my my, my motors aren't working or i can't get them turned over uh little things like changing a tire yeah, uh, you know, you have a blowout. You think you had one recently? Oh, I had just a like I lost disaster. My, Boom, oh God. baby! Lost Welcome my back to BLAT, baby. Oh, B-O-A-T. No kidding, no kidding. But uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, just that's all part of it. And it's been fun, and it's been really good for me as a, as a side note to uh, you know still trying to actively guide. Uh, you know, and this is a very competitive state when it comes to it guiding. Is, now, definitely. if there's anything that has happened in the last four years. Uh, uh, that I've been with Thailand Outdoors, I've noticed there's a huge influx of uh, people that are guiding uh, not just for the walleye but multi-species. And I do. Uh, some everybody's a guide, literally yeah. now. And, and it's it's it's, <laughs> it's getting literally, that way, right? literally, everybody's like, a guide now. Yep. And you know that's another thing too. I said, man, you better watch what you want. You know, yeah. You better, yeah. You better really understand. Do you really want to do this? Because there's some definite <clears throat> parameters uh, around that. That it is expensive, yeah. as we both it is, know. It is. You know, you've done it. Uh, yeah. uh, you've done enough of it. You understand. It's a lot of expense. Uh, you really have to find that happy meal medium uh to knowing that balance totally, so that yeah. there isn't you're not taking a negative every year 
Um, and and then to just learning to build your clientele base. Uh, you know, this is a very competitive state. We have a lot of great guides uh, in this state uh, for all kinds of different species. And how do you put yourself up against those guys that maybe have tenure? Yeah. Uh, that also you're looking at going, well, um, I can fish. You know, I know how to fish. I've been fishing for a long time. Uh, I'm not maybe going to be approaching to the advanced angler at all times. Uh, they may be, be looking for somebody that might have that tenure. But I guarantee somebody gets in my boat, we're going to catch fish. We're going to catch uh, fish. But more importantly to me for is sure. I want people to be safe. I want them to have fun. The most important thing to me is the education. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my background, yep, as you yep, well know. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't think I put 54 kids into four red golf scholarships because I was a nice guy. You're, you're, right? yeah. You're, so I worked was... hard, and so did my clients. But in the, in the fishing industry, I want people to know that that type, type of devotion, time, and energy is no different in our world here where we're at. And uh, to make sure you're having fun with that is important. Yeah. Uh, and education is important as well. Uh, so yeah, all of this is like encompassed in finding that that niche for me. You know, that niche. As, as somebody that like loves to go out and say, hey, you know, here's how to properly cast. Here's some yeah. ideas and uh, and with all the different worlds and even the fly fishing. You know, I'm into something right now where I'm putting together uh, very trying to do my best to get as comprehensive as I can uh, for fly fishing for walleye. See, I yeah, don't think that's, that's a very. It's uh, not something that people go out and do. It isn't. Yeah, it's there not. Really isn't a lot of people and it's a niche it. it could be a niche yep it could but, definitely be a niche yep. but more importantly it's almost like that little thing that's just like okay you got them for bass you got them for pike um you, you definitely have them for trout yeah. there's no doubt about that that's a that's an and as, easy a, one. as a guide you see fly fishermen and you see you see dollar sure, signs sure you see green sure. i mean seriously as a guy eight hundred dollars exactly maybe two hundred you're coming, you're you know, coming over nowadays you're, that's I'm what you're a hundred dollar good rod you know <laughs> <laughs> walleye series from bass pro shop i guarantee you that rod will be perfect <laughs> for sure right? they, they have no problems and you come out and you i mean the, and the fly fishermen are is that they want to they catch one good fish they're good to go yeah they're yeah. good to go yep. so yeah i mean finding that niche in, in everything and like you said is but you you do have a niche I mean, Ron has seen, I've seen some of the biggest walleye in the state year after year, season after season, come in your boat. And um, whether it's at night, Mm -hmm. whether it's during the day, whether it's springtime, whether it's fall, Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of talk about that. Because that's that's something that that I I know, not just me saying this, I know a lot of other guys would say the same thing that, that... a lot of the big walleye. I'm talking big walleye. And when I mean big walleye, you're talking something in the 28. Master to, to, anglers, yeah. yeah. I'm, always, I'm always in the search Horses. for that master angler. I, I want 27 inches or bigger, which is the master angler for the state of Colorado. Uh, I don't care where I'm fishing. You yeah. know, There's bodies of water that I fished this last spring that I don't guide on. So I didn't blow those bites up, per se. And that's but great. I caught a lot of really big fish. And some of it was uh, fun fishing for myself, mm-hmm. finally, you know, a little bit. Uh, and, you know, every lake in the real world of the ecosystem has its fluctuations. Um, you know, are we less at Chatfield right now? It's hard to say. We've had a lot of really crazy stuff going on. Uh, you know, Cherry Creek still did some producing. So we really try to get a lot of our information on how good a body of water is on those big fish by hopefully the netting that occurs in the spring. Um, but with that being said, historically going back, 
the netting wasn't all that good. They weren't pulling so many big ones out, but yet we're catching them out on the lake. Yeah. So it was they weren't choosing those areas to spawn in. They were spawning uh, so somewhere you notice, else. Yeah. Uh, or now, earlier maybe. You they, bet. Yeah. You, earlier or whatever. Or more importantly, you've noticed probably more so now if you've spent some time out at Chatfield that the nettings are all over the place. They're everywhere. And they're, your responsibility as an angler uh, is to stay away from them. And they're still notoriously nets ruined uh, and a thousand bajillion lures in these nets. And people are supposed to stay away from yeah. them. So your responsibility is to get on the water and know where those nets are and say, oh, well, I can't plead ignorance here. Because, again, you got to make sure you read those regulations. Even, even though they are screwing up prime smallmouth areas in Plum Creek. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I understand what I understand what they're doing, and I, yeah, I totally get it. they got to. There's only I, way. I, I, they they right? got to get it. I get it. Yep. I understand. Yep. A stocked resource is just not something that and naturally reproduces. See, that's what you said. A lot of people don't understand that, that walleye are, are, are stock put-and-take yep. resource. They're yep. just along the same lines as a rainbow trout is mm-hmm. in the state because they're, they're put-and-take. So, so do harvest some of those fish. But let those bigger ones go. What, what, what would you say, in your opinion, that you've seen? What would you say is a good fertile female that, that you caught? Because you've caught you've caught those big females all the way up in the 30, 30 inch range, and you've yeah. caught them between the 23s, 24 inch range. Yeah. Now I was on your boat. We caught a 24, 25 inch male. I think it was, and that's a big that's a, that's big, a big male. Man. Remember that male? Yeah. And um, what, what do you see as as far as how many females do you get? Now I know it's hard to tell. Yeah. Unless well, you know, but yeah, it looks like the numbers. Yeah, it see. looks like the numbers are really big because of the amount of time that I spend on it, right? Yeah. So when you're out every single night, uh, which is what I was doing. I mean, I was out every night and in two parts, uh, understanding their feeding time frame, their feeding patterns, uh, understanding where the best, most successful areas were. Uh, some of those areas were super successful, but now have been inundated because there's a balance here that's really tough. Because we are a very transparent uh, group, as you well know. We yeah. want people to catch fish. Uh, with this body of water, there's no secret to Cherry Creek. There's not, there, yeah. For the guys that I've had that notoriously like, oh, you're blowing up my hole. Like, hey, man, when you were in diapers, there was dudes fishing <laughs> yeah. this, okay? Uh, matter of fact, I know four people that you were in diapers when I got to fish it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm 46, right? Yeah. So needless to say, it's, uh, it's like, okay, there's really no secrets on these bodies of water. Not with our electronics nowadays. Not with the equipment that we have. Yeah, I mean, definitely these, not. It's so and easy. And the maps. Is you can go yeah. pull a map from anywhere oh, and see everybody's goodness. maps so you don't even have to put that homework in. Yeah, absolutely. So it becomes to where it was my myself if I say in a season. Let's go with a season from ISOF and let's just say I did have a chance to getting on March 1st at Chatfield if I was lucky. From March 1st till about May 15th is what I figure is my prime time to really be able to trigger that. I also look at my moon phase, moon overhead, moon under feet. I preach it. I do believe in a lot of it. I've struggled on full moons dead over my head, which is supposed to be prime time. I think there's a lot of things that factor into that as well with just the fish and trying to learn to dial them, dial them in. Myself, I've noticed last couple years that sometimes I was either fishing too deep or too shallow. So I wasn't finding that strike zone that was very, very important. But in a given season, like, uh, for instance, uh, if I look at it going the male to female ratio, I may be able to get um, six solid females of the master angler. Uh, so 27? 27 or bigger. I may get six in that time frame. Okay. uh, To where... Um, a male in that 22 to 25-inch range, uh, which are solid males. I mean, those, those are big are, males anywhere. Those are very, very good-sized males. Yeah, anywhere in the United States, really. But, um, but to get those, now I'm tying into greater numbers. Now I can have 
quadruple that, you know, yeah. four or five times the number there. And uh, in, in that's what's really hard to really knock down and be able to have a chance of those really big females. Um, I do believe the chances are getting slimmer a little bit with some of that. There's still some there. I don't know that the numbers are where they once were, but because my water has been so crazy, and now Chatfield, I feel like, is getting what I call normal, what we've been fishing well, for many, yeah. many years, you know, with, with the vegetation, with the algae, with just, well, I think, the stuff that got put into the lake, i.e. perch, bluegill from the ponds, yeah. the extra bass that we accumulated because of that, I, I think that has changed that ecosystem quite a bit. Uh, pike? Like hello, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. There legitimately was a pike caught See, that's, at Chapel Reservoir. I was, I and was. You, you get that trophy. Man. You, you can't have that, that trophy. trophy on the wall, can't right? have that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You and I were sitting on the couch. You know? Yeah, we were. I didn't even. I, when I heard that, I was like, "What? Yeah. What's going on?" And I, so, this is a body of water Chatfield that pike aren't there. They have been put in there years, years ago, ago. Years, yeah, years yeah. ago. But, and um, there's rumor here and there that you know people. Oh, I caught one two years ago, and I'm like, and, man, okay, yeah. yeah. And but, some people say there's muskies in there. Right. But this pike that was caught was a wasn't an old fish. It mm. was it was a fairly I'm going to say young young fish, but yeah. it was a it well was fed, yeah, it was it was a fish, fish that you could tell that wasn't a holdover or leftover. It may be something that was yeah. You see, I don't know what the numbers and everything that was there. It could have been something that was dumped in there too. I yeah. mean, we don't yeah. know that. Yeah, that, that, that has been, a you know, down. Somehow came down, down somewhere, river, somewhere, something, something like, that. Yeah. something like that could happen. So, so yeah, I mean, and during the springtime, and you'll we'll give you more information as as, uh, as the seasons get get closer to how you can get a hold of Ron and uh, get out there and chase those big fish. Sure. But right now, it's not a big fish time. No, right now it's numbers. No, I, I and hate if you to say go, it. I want a big fish. Yeah, you know, I would love to be the dude that says, "Oh man, I knocked down a you know a nine pounder." You know, uh, but, but it's just that, not that, that time of chance, year. Chances are, chances are, yeah. Yeah, but I tell you what. <laughs> I don't think I have enough lifetime right now to be able to get that. Yeah, I want to believe that I do. Uh, I, I believe that they're still there. I think they're just a little harder to catch or a little pickier. But more importantly, what people hopefully understand, everybody should be a good fisherman right now. Exactly. When I, somebody calls me or texts me and said, man, I really struggled, I, I, I really am frustrated with that uh, only because, but I wasn't in their boat, so there are many, many parameters around that. Bad boat control, bad positioning, you know, uh, maybe moving the bait too fast. Uh, yep. You know, that those a are factors right now. I mean, uh, on a guide trip recently, uh, instructing uh, a person to really move it and drag it super, super slow, and he'll get, it'll get bit, but he's reeling, you know, like he's pulling in a crankbait, yeah, yeah. you know, just going and, uh, you know, throwing a super lightweight jig with a half crawler uh, and just smacking them down any other time. So really understanding that cadence is also important. But the numbers game is all about right now. And there is no doubt in the legitimacy of the fact that on a bad day, uh, it, I mean, on a bad day, really bad days, 30 fish, you know. Yeah. We're in the spring, we're like, 30? Like, 30? Well, okay, yeah. yeah that's I'm like, good. I'm game, I'll come we're, out tomorrow. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'll put my, lo- my long johns on for yeah. that. And we do have sure. them, it's yeah. just not as, you know, not as, common, as pre- yeah. pre- prevalent. But then you get into a day like, uh, you know, where you do have a 30 fish day this time of year, I'm like, okay, there's some factors. You just had a cold front, something weird, blah, blah, blah which tend to not, shouldn't mess with our fish too awful much because there's just too many of them wanting to feed at different times. Oh, they're all but, over the place. I mean, everywhere. But the numbers game is right now, and everybody, I don't care if you got a kayak, I, I don't care if you got a kick boat. I mean, you, you know, you have from to shore, have primitive. Yeah, yeah. From shore, they're very shallow right now, so you you know, you should be able to get into some. Uh, if you find some places that may, they may be hiding out uh, in shallow spots, so you literally could be on shore and knock them down. So slip bobber, slip bobber, a simple, yeah. simple jig, uh, and a half crawler, but a slip bobber could whack them. I mean, so you basically, whack them. if you can't catch fish right now, 
the the Did next phone call the, ne- the next phone call they should make to you is hey can you teach me how to get my golf game better because you might I'm I done fishing to. yeah I may have to <laughs> I'm done fishing right we're gonna take up bowling right? yeah we're gonna do bowl yeah. we're gonna play, do something yeah, because do something fishing's no. not for you and bro. I don't you know there's no doubt that I don't want to necessarily tell somebody it's like well, okay it, you it gotta be true. horrible it because is true, yeah. you should be able to get something and that, I, I'm talking a perch a blue yeah and a, that's, a trout even potentially you know something should you put meat down. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you go all out on me and say, "Look, I'm a traditionalist and I'm going to fly fish," then I can tell you right now we're in trouble. Yeah. Like, okay, you bet. Well, I would love to have a seven fish day with a guy with a fly rod. With right a fly now. rod, for but sure. I guarantee I could catch him with a fly rod right now. So I just don't know the numbers. You see, what I mean, and there it gets into having the right people on the boat or, or, or out there wanting to do it and learn the cadence and learning what we need to do. But they'll hit a fly right now. I guarantee you. There's we yeah. got a fly department right here at Bass Pro Shops. Right. Got worms. Yeah. You know, so they're sure. worms on a hook. They're going to hit a worm right now. It's just well, okay. Yeah, the I need, the bugs, okay. They're yeah, shallow. All I need is a slightly tapering to a medium tape uh, sinking line. That'll get to my eight, four, two, three foot range. And now it's just a how fast do I need to bring that worm back in? There's no doubt you're going to catch fish yeah, doing it right for now. sure so you can have so many different tactics right now and just whack them so um, so let's so yeah i don't i don't want anyway, i don't want to bash any, got I, don't, I don't want to bash anybody by saying you know you, you can't take up you, golf yeah if you can't catch fish right now you, you, suck. To say golf is easy? you get you said no golf is not easy <laughs> believe me i know it's not easy but but so so what are some of the things right now that we could tell some of the, the people out there listening that that are if they are going out right i mean right now we're in that that end of june beginning of july time period um we're going to be really kind of going into what, what i like to look at is is calling it um i wouldn't call summer peak yeah, because that's it's right now. Like, that's yeah. it's you know summer yeah. to me well, anyway. Summer solstice was yesterday. Yeah, summer right? solstice was yesterday. Right. So I, I don't like to use when I when I look at fishing, I don't I don't use them by seasons. I know yeah. winter. I yeah. kind of just go with what whatever the flow is. But and ultimately the weather pattern. The weather pattern yeah. hasn't been able to say, oh yeah, for sure it's summer right now. We're in we the dog, from yeah, cold to like hundred. You know, so like, everybody's oh, going yeah. crazy. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you're doing right now that yeah, that are that are catching fish either from. Either what you some you would do on a guide trip, some you do for shore, you yeah. know, something like what, yeah. what are you doing right so, now? So that you know, when, what's ironic is uh, we chatted about it briefly. So from my last tournament at the Wyoming Walleye Stampede at Poison Reservoir, super tough, difficult uh, conditions. Although I didn't have dirty a great water, season, dirty water, super high. Even though I had a horrible season, uh, luckily I made it to the championship. So my goal is to get back there. But from there you go. Poison to Glendo to Ray Rocks to Seminole to Pathfinder, to, uh, I mean, you name it, um, some of the lakes in Nebraska, from Jumbo, to all now start, starting to come down from I-76 to I-25. Yeah, boy, there's, Jackson. There's a lot of fish shallow. Sterling, And yeah. this is a transitional time frame that when they move off of shallow, and part of that's going to have to, uh, has a lot to do with that water temperature, uh, making them, forcing them out a little deeper for comfort. Uh, but they're super shallow right now on all of these lakes pitching jigs and plastics and so on and so forth this is mainly uh, we're talking about walleye but this could yeah. be any any species any really. species uh yeah absolutely i mean you're still catching uh, smallmouth bass on yep. on yep. Uh, marina point at chapter yeah, right? big big right. smallies big, big smallies so you're not even anywhere in major differences between a cast over here you you don't know if it's going to be a smallie or if it's going to be a walleye to a cast over here on the drop-off edge you're talking the same thing you're like okay well they're all kind of relating to the same structure mm-hmm. you know so 
uh, in, all, in some similarities. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, different bites and different species, but mainly talking directly towards that walleye kind of species, which I, I tend to get frustrated with more than anything. But, uh, but a lot but yeah. of people do that freaking walleye. But yeah, I mean, right now I'm into that, but then I'm also starting to work on my uh, summer, move when they start moving out and they start suspending, i.e. Yeah. a McConaughey bite right yeah. now. You know, uh, there are some fish shallow, but then as you start saying, well, those fish that are shallow, uh, i.e. in front of vans, they're not going to be tournament winning fish. <laughs> no. Unless there's a cold yeah. that comes yeah. in, okay? Now, you can go out and catch some fish, uh, but you're going to have to go out there and look for those potential deeper fish, and they could be suspended over 100 foot. They could be in 30 foot on the bottom or 40 foot on the bottom or whatever. Uh, but now they're going to start relating to some deeper structure, uh, and, and mainly uh, in part due to some of those lakes and reservoirs that have that kind of pressure. These bigger fish, they want to go where it's quiet, and where they can do their thing, they yeah. can, they're they're big enough, they're fast enough, they can go get food. Uh, they knew where the food's at, so yeah. they're going to come to the surface to get a you know uh, a shad or a, they, or they, a wife or whatever. But they would you say they down. eat bigger? They eat bigger males. Those bigger fish do. They eat bigger males, or do they I, just I, they I, eat less they, often? Yeah, no, I think they eat bigger males. Yeah, yeah. when you're sitting there, you know. Uh, a poison pulling in a 21 inch fish has got three shad in its mouth and the smallest shad is a five and a half inch or five and a half inch shad is quite a bit but it's got three other tails that you're seeing down in there yeah. okay and it hit a jig and a leech like so it's just gorging itself yeah so it's just feeding i mean yeah. it's game time you know they're like hey man i i'm, I'm doesn't hungry. matter yeah it doesn't matter yep so you're in the process of a 21 inch fish digesting four different meals you know and uh it partly digested partly hanging out of its mouth so it's very interesting <laughs> but i do think that when they're opportunistic you know they're going to eat uh, you know we struggle a little bit with these bites locally right with trying to get the everybody's like oh well you know you guys are out catching 100 200 fish 300 fish but how many keepers you know you get that yeah. a lot. and the frustrating part is okay well you're doing something right no if you go out and you're really trying to target big fish um you're gonna your numbers something. are going to go down yeah, tremendously. Yeah, you're going to do something I different. I do, do, would expect a one fish, a bite, being an astronomically good bite to yeah. some of your four big fish. Uh, but you can't go out there and take clients on these bites uh, when you know that intermixed with these 16, 17, 15s on occasion, there's going to be an 18-inch fish. There's going to be a 19-inch fish. It's just these small fish are beating those, it to yeah. the point. You know, you just got to work at it and grind it out. I'd rather grind it out with people that haven't had a lot of chance and opportunity. If you've had, a, if you're experienced fisherman, you bet. And let's go, and I'll show you how I would attack this and go from there. But with the with the inexperienced, I want them catching fish all the time. That's there's no more Definitely. fun than even if it's a little four-incher you know but the rod went the there's, action there's probably a good chance that they've never tasted a walleye too so if yeah. they do stick one that sits in that 18 inch slot yeah. if it is on a chatfield yeah. or cherry creek or, or lake sure. that has that they get to take yeah. that home but they get to catch yeah. all those fish that they've never caught before so yeah yeah, yeah definitely it's it's what the uh what the angler wants or prefers mm-hmm. and um so a lot if you were if you were to do that and go out there right now and uh yeah you want and you want a bunch of guys or guys and gals uh, that have that want those amount of fish. Would you be dragging meat, basically, windy no. rigs, b- uh, bottom bouncers? No, I'm going to be looking for some of uh, some tactics where I'd be still looking at some deeper drop off, steeper edges leading to the main lake basin. I might even focus my attention where river channels are. 
Um, if there's any good distinct points that lead out to deeper water, uh, they may hold bigger fish. Uh, there's a good opportunity where people can learn something about a fish that was caught during the day. You know, Will Dykstra was out uh, with me and Matt Inslee and landed that huge, humongous walleye. Yeah, yep. And uh, we were during the day on that bite um, and working, uh, teaming up and working on understanding and going from there. And what was ironic is the day before, I'm hammering fish and I'm hammering good fish not just a 14 inch or a 12 inch I'm hammering the keeper size fish are going to go home and we roll up to this spot and uh, a couple casts into it once we kind of got dialed in and I'll throw Will under the bus a little bit but <laughs> it's like no right over here buddy you don't have to you don't have to throw it like a pipe baby it's just right here I promise just, just lay it in there I, poor Will I love you buddy but uh, you know but long story short it's like once I kind of got him zeroed in because Matt and I are off in Nana land and it's like, oh, man, what's going on? You know, okay, that one time the kids working on the kids. But I'm like, still, it was almost like inevitable the night before or the day, day before. You didn't have to have the ultimate cadence. It was just put the bait in, get it back, coming back, and they were going to whack it. They were going to get it, and, yeah. Uh, so no bite. And then all of a sudden it was like, uh, I think it was like a third, maybe fourth cast into it. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa. And I'm like, well, no wonder these, no, none of these 20, 19, 20 inches in there because you got King Kong. Yeah, you got you know, the, if you got you King got Kong Big Daddy in there. living up on the honey hole, and, you know, I hate to say it, it's a big man on the hill. You yeah, know? yeah. We're going to play King of the Hill here for just a minute because uh, all the other fish are bait. You know, every one of those are now become yeah, no. forage, you know, so. Uh, How big but, was that fish? It's big. It was because it was it was hard to get a good estimate on it because it we, was, it we, was didn't, uh, we didn't get to weigh it, which is one of those deals where you know I'm seeing the guys now in the bass tournaments where they have it where it can clip onto the lip, and I'm working yeah. on getting a scale that there's can, there's net, there's nets they use the net they clear yeah. it out. There's a lot of and ways so that yeah. I never really do. You know, I try to do. A I don't either. A, a weight a link to weight conversion. I don't really think like that. Even that weight link the weight conversion uh, that they have at Glendo that they give to for the well, th- this fish was this fish was fat it's it fat. was it was it's I don't know girl. I mean it was a big <laughs> that was a big I'm usually not jealous but I was envious that was a big woman I, mean, yeah. I was envious yeah but uh, I'm the one that took the picture so you're welcome Will so yeah and if, we, but, if, uh, if you want to see the picture we're talking about um, go to tightlineoutdoors.com yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's over there and uh, if you want more information on your guide tr- your guide information is tightlineoutdoors.com yeah. also or they can give you an email at, uh, we'll, we'll put this, we'll include this in the show notes, but shoot off your email real quick. Yeah, uh, so it's Ron Lowry, R-O-N-L-O-W-R-Y-T-L-O. So that's T as in Tom, L as in love, O as in ostrich, at gmail.com. Yeah, so give him, shoot, shoot him an email and uh, and go check out the website. You'll see this fish. It's uh, it's an old, that was about, about two or three years ago, yeah, wasn't it? 2014, yeah, I want to say. memory's not so great right yeah, now. Yeah, something like that. But, I laid um, my head on a pillow a couple of times. So, <laughs> so. You got you got to recharge by yeah. until then. Huh? But yeah, no, long story. That was a good time. It was a great time. But we, it wasn't the only fish we caught. We caught some other really nice. This fish is a that nice day. fish. And then I know yeah. Matt Ensley was out a couple days later of that, and he stuck another with uh, with um, another a friend of Bass Pro Shops, yeah, George, uh, uh, mm-hmm. George. Mm-hmm. and they were out there, and they caught another. I want to say another twenty five, couple twenty five like or twenty six. Yeah, it was a big fish. Range. Another mm-hmm. couple of those. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, what we were catching the day before that, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so you it was, go they out, were in there, you know. They're in that area. You yeah, guys were on yeah. that, that, that big fish area. So, again, I mean, I can't say it enough. As far as when it comes to, to, to walleye fishing especially, uh, if you want to catch a big walleye, you got to get in this guy's boat, and you you got to learn how he – like, you don't just go catch him. He yeah. shows you how to catch him. So check that out. But also, I mean, you, you, you hunt too, oh, yeah. just a little bit. 
Tank you've, been, you've been a guy a couple times, right? And Twice. So, <laughs> you, you know, once you, you kind of know what you're doing out there up, so. up in the woods. Um, tell them about your hunting hunting experience. Oh, I love hunting. Yeah. So my one and a half or first passion, second. And yeah. Whatever. Well, I don't well, even know. See, how I don't to, even know. I, mean, yeah. I, I would think for you, it's like it's one like A. This thing I get to do all the time. B, hunting seasonal, C, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't get to hunt all year long. Right? We got golf so, too. Golf. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Golf is definitely a diehard at my heart a passion ingrained in my uh, in my blood but uh, well, when you pass definitely don't don't teach it anymore when you I, pass I the test now, yeah when yeah. you pass the test both left handed and right handed yeah the PAT, that's, yeah, I took the that's, PAT that's pretty that's pretty good players have to do tests it's kind of good right it's alright it's not too bad you know? I enjoyed that too yeah that I bet it was good. fun for you it was, it was a little bit yeah, yeah. I think I was here. being a little bit cocky yeah, right I, then I, when I took it but if you knew the circumstances you know why I put my foot down you know I'm usually a pretty mellow guy you know what I mean but there's certain times in life where I'm like okay I think I need to prove a point, you yeah. know, and in that I definitely could do that. I don't think I was, you know, okay. Well, I, I was pretty. Good I, think it, I think, yeah. I, when yeah. he told me that story, I was like, this freaking guy. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to know this and then, guy. And then I'm like, you know, because I like to. I like to play golf. I played golf in high school. It was the only sport I was good at in high yeah. school because the only sport I really played. Mm-hmm. And I lettered and all this stuff. I was I was a stroker two off regionals in my yeah. junior year, and then so I'm pretty excited when we start talking about golf. Mm-hmm. And then this guy tells me. He he passed that test, right-handed and left-handed. He's yeah. like, I don't I don't want to play with you. I don't want yeah. I don't want to go out and play with you anymore. I, I know. And then he's telling me, oh, I'll hit. What does he say? I'll hit left-handed and right. Or I don't know. You were giving me some kind of stipulations to go out and play, oh, and yeah. and you know. I remember that. You know, a, you'll play you'll play from the tips and all this stuff. And, right. Uh, I, I don't still know. Ch- yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm naturally right-handed. I don't think right-handed. I played left-handed, and I learned to play left-handed because. Uh, at one point in time, understanding some things as I was younger. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, if I got stuck in a situation, to be able to turn a cl- golf club around and whack it out, out of trouble, right? So that's the main premise of behind that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. oh but, yeah. You know, yeah. Lo- you know. Long story short, is I tell everybody that uh, all the years that I was into golf, all the years that I taught golf, all, and all the years that I played golf, I always uh, swung club right and left-handed, but primarily because um, to go back and reiterate to myself how difficult the game really is on a side that you're not necessarily natural. So it's, again, I go through the whole 10,000 list of grip, stance, body posture, but just the grip alone, where's the pressure points? Yeah. Like Nicholas did, you like, know. Yep, yep. I was like, I want to know exactly where everything is supposed to be. Well, that so makes you a great the, teacher, too, yeah. for sure. So, so then me going in through that list really, really quick, standing up, making sure everything's good to go, and swinging left-handed and making a golf ball go where I wanted to, it then reiterated going, okay, this is not easy sport. This is a very difficult sport. It is very and difficult. you do have to work at it a lot. <laughs> it is, you yeah. know. Um, which, you know, everything you want to be really good at is, is difficult. But, you know, from the flip side, out of golf, because uh, I do play. You know, I'm playing more now, man. That's good than to I've hear. I've never played. You know, Maybe we'll get out. 19 years of teaching in Colorado. Yeah, I, I all remember. those kids, and I still played with them, right? But I'm yeah. playing more now no, than I did fun. when I worked. Fun, yeah. yeah, but for fun. And not not that it, it'll hurt people a little bit, but they probably won't care. But the last two rounds of golf that I played, I don't even the, hear the third one was the third one ago. Was the more significant one. Now, I have to tell this story really quick, so I, I have to bore everybody just for a second. So <laughs> it had been 15 years since I played with my dad. Bring a tear to my eye. Okay, I was okay. literally almost in tears that day, trying to c- 
keep myself under composure. I literally was in, you know, I had this whole emotional, like, I can't believe it's been 15 years. I mean, this is somebody I played with every weekend. I was yeah. on the golf course every day as a kid growing up doing drills and exercises. And at night, how many putts at three feet? How many putts at six feet? How many putts at nine feet? Like over and over and over again before he got home. Get your homework done. Get your putt and drills done before I get home. Otherwise, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to go but, down. But 15 years it had been. So I'm in, in New Mexico playing with my brother-in-law and his uh, and, and my nephew, his, his oldest uh, son, and my dad and myself. And uh, fired a nice 64 that day. So it was you know pretty pretty decent day. It was all right. Day. So my dad was grinning ear to ear. You know uh, he was pretty stoked. And in the last two rounds of golf uh, was at Pinehurst. Uh, I have a member yeah. out there that uh, I, I teach on a fairly regular basis and work with them. So it's always a nice golf course. Love to play, and I'll never say no when I get that invitation. For sure, because uh, it's it's definitely a track. But yeah, it was a nice uh, 66, 68. So I mean, there's still <laughs> decent golf in there. You know there's what I mean? There's still decent some golf somewhere. Chop white guy, yeah, you know, yeah, chop yeah. boy. Yeah. And everybody's like, dude, why aren't you playing? Like, yeah. what are you thinking? You're fishing. You're Who like ten cups. You're you like ten cups for golfing. sure. And I'm like, it's not about money. Yeah. You know, really. Yeah. It boils down to quality of life. And I enjoy golf more now. So I have that excitement. You know, when I'm talking with the the, the member that invited me out as a guest and uh, I'm having a lot of excitement about it because, again, I, I remember the passion. So it's good that yeah, I kind of got stepped away a little bit. And, it, you know, it's kind of brought me back in and reeled me back in a little bit uh, to, to realizing it in my grassroots. You know, I mean, I was born and bred in the golf, but I was mm-hmm. born and bred fishing and I was born and bred hunting, right. which is where we were kind of going with this. So I've been an avid bow hunter since I was 15. Yeah. I kill an elk every year. Uh, most years I kill two of them uh, with my bow. I used to do some rifle hunting years ago. I have nothing against rifle hunting. Um, I think I found myself realizing uh, a true hunter uh, of all levels uh, can tell me two things. They can and very well successfully know uh, how to one hunt a cow up. Because when it gets to archery season, into that muzzleloader season, it's like right now. Anybody can kill an elk. Anybody can kill a bull elk. If you can tell me that you're very knowledgeable of the one of the two species, male or female, sexes that you can truthfully learn how to hunt down the number one predator that will be the hardest one Uh, they pay more attention to their vision their hearing their smell and part of that is just that mothering instinct all that they're the hardest of those species as we know the men get uh the the boys and men get their mind their minds wander yeah yeah yeah. you know they're they're out in the land and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> you know, I'm a yeah, bowler. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, oh, man. Especially man. in that Two time Two weeks frame. ago, you wouldn't have got away with that part. Especially. Right? You, know, you know, when yeah. I have crows, and as a kid growing up in New Mexico, I'm elk. When I got crows, when I had a windmill. Yeah. Right? And the elk, just going crazy. You're like, dude, the windmill's making a beautiful. Come on, how can you not get an elk? Like, just... Just go walk, cut the distance, go, and then, you know, do your thing. But uh, I, I love. I like those sound effects. I'm gonna have to yeah. save those. I gotta remember yeah. where those were. Yeah, exactly. Just save them all away yeah, and use yeah. those sound effects. <laughs> there you go. But uh, you know, so long story short, um, I love archery hunting. Uh, I've already been up. I have. Uh, You've been up shouting already. Uh, I've already got three ladders up for tree stands. Okay. I've got seven cameras up. Matter of fact, uh, I was here when, you know, you kind of setting up a little bit. I was here 
messing around a little bit of archery, but I actually came distinctly over to the trail camera section because there's a little bit of part where I get to plead a little bit of ignorance and or stupidity. Uh, I'm going up the mountain, tracking up with an SD card, putting a new one in, tracking back down, then bringing it all the way uh, to my vehicle with a laptop when I can get Wi-Fi or my iPhone and plugging it in and looking at it. But I didn't have the converter, so I decided, okay, well, look, I already I have an iPad. I can use any point yeah. in time, and I have my phone. So I, all I do is plug in the SD card, leave it right then and there, and then plug it right back in so I can just have, like, overlapping or whatever so I'm not uh, tracking as much. As I get closer to the season, I'll do less once I find it. Um, that's cameras up, now? Yeah, camera. I'll cameras. be messing with them less. And the reason I say I'm going to be messing with them less is, one, I was up with numbers of cameras for one reason. To How find many did you put up real quick? Seven. Seven, yeah. okay. Uh, so I went up to put the primarily to start finding what my elk patterns were that I've had for 14 years. So there's no doubt in the last 14 years uh, – I pretty much can guarantee myself an elk if they're in the area and how they're uh, working on vegetation, where their bedding is, where their cover is. So once I get that little deal in, in two or three areas, I've got them. Like I know what, from a, from the from your past experience, I know where they. If I hear them here, I know where they're going to go. Yeah. If I hear them there, I know where they're going to be. You know. So and that's just all. So many trial and error, making mistakes, maybe putting in work, too hard, putting in time, maybe yeah. putting in yeah. time. And back in the early two thousands, I mean, I was gone every weekend if I wasn't didn't have something going on. And a and lot this, of times this here in Colorado or in, in, in New Mexico, we were I'm in Colorado, about. mainly right now, going down and just you, you, you kind of go back and forth. I don't do, you a little bit yeah and, and I do the New Mexico one is a depredation hunt that my dad and my yeah. uncle and sometimes my twin brother go on and I love just going down and being the mule but more importantly the I mule care. yeah <laughs> I, I really am that but, see I, I to me being the mule sometimes that I, that pays that yeah. pays your uh, pays your dues to the to the I always refer to hunting well, call it a camp cook but it's yeah. We've been referred to as other things, but yeah. I'm a camp cook too. <laughs> You're a camp yeah. cook too. But, yeah. uh, I wonder what you guys call it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. to me, that, that stuff like that—that's where you pay your you pay your dues. You pay you put your your you kind of like yeah you you put your coins uh, down to the ferry boat and you let them go. I mean, yeah. I'm using analogies. People probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But you get what I'm saying. That's that's yeah. that's what I feel being yeah. a mule. So I, I found that funny that you said that. And it's not easy to do all that it's stuff. It's not. You know, like I think what it is is if I go back and people realize like the amount of time that I did spend prior, you know. Yeah. And uh, now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find a way that I can have some efficiency within that. And uh, don't get me wrong, these trip crams aren't easy. It's not like I'm walking 20 yards and putting up another one. I mean, I'm especially seven. Ground. If you're coming right ground, now, I'm seven. fat and I'm out of shape and I'm looking to get oxygen. You know those. Are you going to get one of those? I, I think I'm going to try an oxygen <laughs> canister. You know, they're the little the oxygen little canister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's, uh, and there was this thing we, I'm we saw. I'm embarrassed how fat I am. <laughs> you know, how we, we we do sports shows every now and then, and uh, there was there was this one thing. It was like a pack. It was I don't remember at that point I say it was battery operated, mm-hmm. and it was had oxygen. Yeah. So you yeah. can you can literally hook it up to something. Yeah. And it wasn't that big, and you just stick it in your nose or over your face, and, and, and you can suck down the oxygen. And I tell you what, it's really amazing. I, I I've talked to quite a few guys re- regarding that, and I'm anxious to see this year. I'm going to use it, especially early season. I think I'm going to be in better shape because I'm going to get an oxygen yeah. tank. Yeah. Not deal? a tank, but just or those the, little, the, the, yeah. the the thing that give you a uh, shot. I'll think in the name. It's an oxygen shot. Yeah. Is that you, what it's? Yeah. Google it. You just it is actually called oxygen shot, and it's just a little canister, and you just you know mm-hmm. real quick. And I actually am anxious to try that this year. Um, not only because, you know, I say I put all these ladders, you know, uh, but I do have other people that I come in and I hunt with. Uh, my dad's 71 years old. 
right? Just had another little bout with some heart stuff. Uh, Want to hunt with them desperately one more time. It's always grasping on that last little ditch effort to spend that little bit of time with somebody that brought you into everything. You know, yeah. everything into the outdoors and everything that I've been and who I am, I attribute to not just my mom, but my dad as For well. For sure, definitely. Uh, you know, trying to work with kids with golf, with uh, teaching them life skills, with integrity, honesty, self-respect, you know, so on and so forth. Learning to come up to somebody and shake their hand and look them in the face. Yeah. And with kids these days, they just, you know, some of that is just really, you don't see it. And it's getting further and further away oh, from Oh, for that sure. It is. Unfortunately. It is. So I attribute all of who I am and what I'm about with uh, my mom and my dad with all my sports and activities and outdoor life. Uh, I wouldn't be the person I am and how I am. Uh, I am. He does, you know, preach every once in a while when he gets to talk to some of my close friends or whatever. It's just like, you know, we're good, but he's at another level. Like, we're literally, we're following him. He's putting us on fish spots, you know. Yeah. He calls me all the time when he's fishing in New Mexico, whether it be Ute or Coach uh, uh, T or Cavallo or Elephant Butte, where he spends Elephant a lot Butte, of time. Yeah. He spends a lot of time at the Butte. What would you do? What was this? What's that? And uh, lucky I'm in that position where I can bounce ideas and be all like, hey, this, this, and this. And it's been cool to be able to sit there and give him some ideas, but also see him come to that ability to, he's a very intelligent man. I mean, yeah. I wish I had a fourth of his brain aptitude, oh, honestly, yeah. but a very super intelligent guy, uh, very well accomplished in all of his own rights with, with everything he's done. Um, but the long story short is it allows me to then see him process him go out execute and then come back to me and be like oh okay cool yeah. so they were there yeah. the fish were there but you were giving them the wrong cadence or uh, something just wasn't quite right you know yeah you kind of go from there but yeah in the bow season I like i said i'll set the trail cameras up which is what i'm doing now what you're i doing do now? have ladders up and that's primarily for some of that early season Typically, I have. There's so much water. And this is course. all public land, too, all public. Right now. I yeah. never hunt private. I've never hunt, I, I've been on private. I've guided on private in New Mexico with my uncle, uh, but I've never hunted uh, a private property. I'm a 1%, 100% self-guided public, public hunter. Land, public self-guided public hunter. I never will go off of that. Never have, never will. Yeah. Whether I get a tag in Wyoming, whether I get tags back in New Mexico, whether I go up to Montana, which I'm, I'm working to expand, uh, you know, into some other states, I will never, you know, I, I have no reason. I'd rather zero um, than uh, resort to, to that. But I think and that's, that's, that's just, just that's just you. That's how yeah. you feel. So yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that yeah. too. But when if, it comes if you to did, fishing, I'll hire a guy yeah, in two yeah, seconds. You know, yeah. and uh, a lot of that just has to do with you know trying to troubleshoot. Uh, you know, wind directions this, wind directions that, this, that, or whatever. And, and guides cut, cut my cut my time in half. Going on a guide trip, I've, I've never been on a guide trip hunting. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far going out with a guide, I should because there's different ways because there's different things you could do. Uh, what a guide does when it comes to fishing mm-hmm. and it comes to hunting, there's outfitters, there's guides. So there mm-hmm. are people out there in that industry that can maybe fit what you're looking for if you're a hunter. But yeah. you, but I'm I'm a I'm a do it yourself yeah. except for asking questions sure you know around yeah. there and, and so, so are you i, I mean no, yeah, nobody's, that's how, nobody's that's how, born with it right that's, that's how yeah. you get to to the point of where you're at is you ask questions and, and yeah. you put out so so it's always good to ask questions and everything but there is that option out there for a guide or outfitter um but and it's not one them. yeah it's yeah, not one that we choose it's no. not one that we do yep, now yep. if i say if i went to alaska yeah. In a situation where I well, may then have again, to, you have to. I yeah, have to get yeah. a guide. Maine, you know, I want to get a Maine yeah. moose. You know, if I can't get to Alaska, because now that's becoming, I guess, 
almost impossible unless you got. 50 and there's grand. even parts of Wyoming too that you can't that that you have to have some sort a of native or a native or uh, something. You know, that's on I think reservation. Well, it's almost no different. Than yeah, that. yeah, it's no um, Alaska. So some of the reservations in New Mexico. And then, yeah, so I mean, there's the there's Zuni, all there's there's a the lot Zuni of that reservation. Unbelievable, big. Yeah, some of the oh, biggest there's 400, some big ones out oh, there. Four hundred class bulls, four hundred. I mean, huge, gigantic. You ain't getting on there. You ain't getting on there. You ain't touching it. <laughs> so right now you're putting up, you're putting up trail cams. Yeah. And um, you're, uh, so you you got your tag. So if it, those of you, we're talking Colorado now, and um, we'll we'll get into other states. You have experience in other states. Um, and I've, uh, but as far as we're talking Colorado right now, the draw results happened. It was, yep. um, uh, shoot, it was pretty, it was a while back. June 1st, wasn't it? Or June, thir- June 13th or something like that. Yep. Where you got to see your big game draws. There was ways you could do it before that, mm-hmm. um, and this is not getting them in the mail. This is looking at it online. But so me, in my case, I, I've been putting preference points for elk. Mm-hmm. So do I. Yeah. So I I, I just get o, o, OTC tag and I go out. That's that's kind of what you're doing. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So we're we're okay with there. But as far as deer goes, so I didn't draw my deer tag. So now I'm looking at that leftover draw, which you can have the opportunity here in Colorado. And in Colorado, it's, this is really important because if I don't get a tag here, I don't just make, make up my mind, I'm not deer hunting this year right. because that's the only way I can get a deer tag. I'm going to have to go out of state and go to Kansas. I'm going to have to go to Nebraska, something like that, which is not a big deal. Right. But, you know, what am I doing right now? So I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. Like, I love, I love, I spent the past two seasons on the plains. Yeah. I haven't harvested anything. But I've seen a lot of good deer. There's a lot of private land and stuff out on the plains. The area that I applied for, I didn't get. So the, the land that I had set up, I'm not going to be able to utilize. So now I'm trying to see if I'm going to stay out there. My, my options aren't very good out there right yeah, now. The plains are, uh, the plains, I'm sorry, the plains, so the plains are tough in a situation like that because of the access. Now, some yeah. of those farmers Doing will the allow, leftover tag, yeah, yeah, getting the leftover tag. Some, there are a lot of those farmers will allow uh, access, uh, paying and, you know, pay-to-play type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but then you're not always guaranteed. So now you can go anywhere from a good old boy that's a great guy, maybe like 50 bucks, yeah. you know. Or a bottle um, of whiskey or something. Yeah, something like, yeah, you may be. I would do that a couple times. I put some whiskey in my truck. I learned it from my uncle. Is, yep. Hey, you never know when you, you can. You, you bet. And it, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Or, or some meat. You get, but you got you to gotta kill something before you can get meat. So. Yep, exactly. And so, you know, that those are tough. And those are very uh, difficult hunts to be trying to always prepare for if you don't have things already lined up. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's, that's what I meant. That's a season yeah. before. Yeah. And the reason for that is for a guy like me, uh, I, I'm wanting to prepare, meaning, you know, I want to give myself a few times, like right now, uh, you know, even though these are just button bucks and just starting to sprout and uh, they're, they're starting to show uh, some signs of how big they're going to be, starting to get. Um, you know, I still want to see where they're at, what's going on, mm-hmm. what kind of activity uh, there is, and just what the herd population is in that area. I, mainly, I'm just looking at going how many ca- how many does I'm going to have because by yeah. the time that season comes around, uh, these bucks could couldn't be, you know, vice versa. I get in the mountains and the bucks, the big bucks, they're all to themselves. Yeah, the does yeah. are over here. The does but over in the there. plains, I see them intermixing a little bit more, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, and the so, plains are. I mean, that's the like you said. I I had things lined up for this area that I that I had applied for. Mm-hmm didn't get it and right now it's not looking good for me so now what i could do is i could look at okay let's go get some meat let's go get some deer meat you know that's what i'm kind of looking at doing now and do i want to do that um i mean have it as a if i don't get if i don't get my elk yeah am i gonna have it as a okay maybe i can do a later season should i do it around like now that's that's what i'm gonna have to do or i could just say sit back and not do it right but but um 
that's I mean I got I got a couple days yet to make that decision right and um, I got a lot of things to look at and you, and you know and that's the thing too is not like you're running out of time but you want to archery hunt them is that right <coughs> and or that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see that that's okay. that's what I'm looking at. I'm like well heck now you know I mean because now can, you're running out of time yeah so I'm running really out of time so I'm like together and... the, the uh, everything I had planned I didn't have a plan B in this situation. I was just like I was. I was really hoping I would get this. I would pull this tag, right. and I didn't get it. So now I don't, I don't have a plan B, which is kind of my my situation going going back to planning out before. Maybe I shouldn't have tried to apply for this this unit. Maybe I should have went somewhere else. Right. Blah blah blah. But that goes back to that planning. But I really thought I really felt like I was going to pull that. Yeah. And I didn't get it. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Archery time. Archery. Am I running out of time? Most more than likely to get to get a good to go up and do some scouting to right. figure something and, out. And really, again, not just looking for the animals. If the animals are in the area, understanding access points, yeah. uh, valleys that you can use to get into without spooking them. Uh, you know what uh, might be prevalent wind directions, which is easy a lot of times. Uh, but uh, you know other things. If they are down in the river bottom, is there a chance that you could sneak in and potentially put a stand up? Yeah. And especially if you can get a white tail, because maybe you can rattle something in. And you that's know? even that early, they may come in. Just they might curiosity. come in, yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, yeah that's what, that's where kind of where I'm at now. And I mean, what I think I'm probably going to do is is narrow down an area where I'm also going to be elk hunting. Mm-hmm. So whether I have a deer tag. Um, that's later in the year, and I'm out there archery hunting. I can, it can give me something else better to do, or give me something to do during the day. I can maybe look for some deer right. and keep that in the back of my head. Okay, right. this area I'm going to be rifle hunting later, so maybe I can maybe keep an eye of where I'm seeing these deer at. Yeah. And at the, the same and time, really the main main importance about something like that, at least in the in the open land, in the mountains are going to be a little bit tougher because you can't always follow fish from a di- or not fish, but uh, the deer from a distance. Uh, because you even though uh, the high most high power spotting scope, you're still gonna lose them in the trees or yeah. in a little ravine or over the top of a of a ridge. And you know, did they go over to bed? You know, what's the situation? Well, there's no way of getting around to, to access that. When you start getting out into the lower land, uh, deer things are a little bit different now because you can't do all that. Me, I look forward starting to try to get some timing going because mm-hmm. deer are very habitual in their nature. Even some muleys that men tend to wander a little bit more than a whitetail. I want to know when they're bedding down so that when they do bed down, I can creep in there and I'll wait them out. Yeah. You see what I mean? That's... I won't do this. You're not going to find me probably ever. Yeah. And last time I did it was maybe on an antelope hunt where I'm crawling. I, I don't know too many humans that have experienced truthfully that and what you go through and the debris you have to go through yeah, and the belly tremendous amount of torture your body goes through. Nobody prepares enough, okay, ever. There's you not a, you can't go to a CrossFit gym and do the belly crawl. I mean, they and don't it's have not that. even that. The clothing, the right? clothing. So, yeah. Oh, I got gloves on, but it was uh, 80, 70 degrees out uh, or whatever, and you had thin gloves, and then you're going to crawl across that, and you got the thinnest gloves, and you're just stickering. Especially it. on the prairie, yeah. yeah. Especially where you out know there. there's cactus, and you where the day you believe that there's not is the day you're going to find one, or you're why you're crawling. Uh-huh. So the, the pre- preparation for something like that. You go back to my New Mexico days where we prepared for that because we had that especially down in Dimming, Lordsburg area, where we were hunting desert muleys, where there was no cover. So you were using a bean sack, you see what I mean, and uh-huh. potato sacks to get yourself from point A to point B and, and shimming that for miles because you got the buck on top of the knoll and the deer are literally staged all the way around them, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't, you can't even think of saying, well, if... 
you know, I happen to have somebody come in from this side and somebody come in from this side, and if this guy accidentally pushes them, <laughs> then I can maybe intercept them because these things, you never know where they're going to go. You never know, yeah. They can come out and boom, and they're across the, the flats so fast. So as you get out into the prairie, you, you really have no true telling. You can't it's, tell me that they're going to go and they're yeah. going to exit here. Especially in an area I'm, I'm not 100% familiar with. Right. I've driven through this area. That's it. Yeah. That I've that I'm that I'm my secondary area that I'm looking at. So my mean my my plan A was I had I had spots where I had I was able to get a tree stand up. I was able to get a ground blind up. Mm-hmm. I knew how they used the I knew how they used the uh, a lot of valleys that they would go through. Mm-hmm. I knew how they went in and out of the corn there. There was cornfields. There was a lot of food. There was tall CRP that was out there. I knew how they used that. Yep. And and like you said that they'll on the plains it's it's different than the high country because you can't you can't they can't go back in the timber. There's just yeah. not a lot of timber. So right. they use that CRP. If you have a lot of CRP, yeah. they use that a fence lot. Fence lines. I yeah. see more jumping fence lines. on a fence line than anything. You mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you're pheasant hunting out there and all of a sudden a big old buck you're like That's where I've seen all these Come I, on, I go out man. I go out pheasant hunting and I what I try to do is I try to go into areas where I know I can put a tag in. This is how I found this area. Yeah. Through pheasant hunting. Oh, okay. So, and this is why I'm upset about it is because I, I was, I did work through pheasant hunting. When yeah. I, I go out there, I, I kick up some birds, you see a big old, big old deer run by. Right. You see, you see a lot of deer. And I'm like, okay, there, there's a lot of deer out here. Right. And then that's when you do the work is, is even when I was asking, or asking permission to hunt pheasants on that land, then I'm also planting a seed. I'm like, you got a lot of deer out here, you know, I'm just planting that seed. This is that area I had. I had that set up, and I had areas where I was going to go. I've talked to the, I've talked yeah. to the landowner twice this year. Yeah. So, so it could I'm, be something for next year, though. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, typically, hopefully, in Colorado, it runs to the. You don't get this this year, but you're going to maybe get. See, it and that's what year. I think it is, and that's why I think it was. I had I had two points, two mm-hmm. deer points, mm-hmm. and uh, oh no, I didn't have two deer points. I'm sorry, I had two off points. So I didn't have any points when I pulled this tag last year, mm-hmm. and. Um, this year, that's why I thought I would get it again. Yeah. Because I didn't have any points to take it. So, anyway, you don't want to hear me cry about this. That I did. I'm, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm not upset like I, I want to cry. Hurt. But, yeah, I'm like, hug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I will get a hug from you. I always want to get a hug from you. But, so, that's what kind of got me thinking that, you know, maybe I should start looking at the high country. Yeah. yeah. So, when you start looking at the high country now, yeah. as now far as. Now, I go as, in and do my research to good deer populations, mm-hmm. uh, good numbers. Uh, so then I'm going to start getting some of the reports. Uh, you know, I, I tell her, everybody always asks, well, what is your unit like as far as the success rate? And I'm like, we make up the success rate. Yeah. Because I know what the guys are in there and they're doing. It's too difficult to, area to hunt. And uh, if they get something out of there, it's, you know, I mean, I've had guys in there mm, 11 years now that are from Texas. And they killed two up out of there. Yeah. Only two guys. In all those years, and this is a tough know. public land area. Yeah, it is tough. It's a lot of tough. Not that's necessarily that's big a, trophy a, bulls. I mean, I have killed a three eighty three out of there. Um, he was running with the one that was killed the year before. Unfortunately, uh, uh, he was stuck uh, and was not found. And um, we we found him the next year, the one that was wounded. But he was running with the two of them were running together the year that I had found spotted them and found them and uh, it was one of those years where I was trying to tell you the trail cams weren't important to me I uh, actually did see something that sparked me and I'm like usually I'm not a hand, uh, 
you know, horn hunter, I'm really typically not. Yeah. I do get a lot of harassment. I'm like, oh, you killed Bambi. I'm like, no, I, I got meat. I'm, I, you know. That, and that's. The, the year I recovered after kidney cancer. I'm like, you, I'm telling you right now, if it was brown, as long as it was legal, it was going down. It's I don't going care down. <laughs> what you have to say. And that's. Because guess what? I had to take that thing down out of there by myself. By yourself. Yeah. And that's. We'll, we'll get into this more on upcoming podcasts because yeah. this is a, this is a strong thing that I love to talk about because I like to get people's opinions on, yeah. on horn hunters and people who kill everything yeah. and then people who who like pass up think bull after bull buck after sure. buck and and it's like what are you doing dude what are you what are you trying to prove yeah so you know, like, it's ultimately it's, it depends a, on I, I, it's the only red meat night uh red meat that shelly and i eat so that's well, the best that, red meat to yeah, eat. yeah so we don't go to the store and buy beef I have a freezer full out uh, with that I combine with all kinds of different things. Uh, the dogs, the this, yeah, the that, yeah. you know, uh, hamburger, you know, I grind up all of it. Most of all, everything I do myself uh, at home. Uh, so that way I know from field to, to What's on what? the table to in That's the freezer. That's an important thing too, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very important. And there's another thing, even my dad was saying, oh, you know, you're really getting into this a little bit more. Back in the day, we were secretive. I mean, we didn't want to. I think that's, I think it's We didn't talk at all. But now he's saying, well, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can teach people without oh, yeah, giving yeah. them all of your, you know, information just because there's so much that you put into it that you're never going to get a value out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's not a, a price point that somebody can give me for all the time that I've spent, all the energy, all the, uh, all the hard work and and uh, good and bad times of, of all that stuff. But, for instance, doing a field, t- uh, field dressing, uh, where my dad's all like, man, you know, I thought I was meticulous. Like, they even he sets back and says, let Ronnie take care of it. Yeah. He'll loosely go down and get, you know, the packs and extra water and bring up stuff like that, and he'll leave me with it because I am very picky. Like, I have a process, and I am very, very, very picky. And part of it is because I eat it. So I think yeah. that's different than Dude. saying, eh, you know, and, whatever. And that's that's you know. where it goes to what I hear a lot about. I hear a lot about people that um, talk about they don't like the way certain type of meat tastes. You bet. And, and all of it is, as all of it was the second that that, that animal was dead. Like, what do you was, do with it now? Was harvested. Yeah. And once that animal was harvested, at that point in time, became the absolute most important thing. And, uh, you know processing it correctly right then and there is so vital and learning to do it by yourself is a key factor that i really prize myself on that i don't have four buddies that i call up and say hey come give me a come come again i don't go over to where my dad's tree stand and says hey i got one knocked down now he knocks one down i expect him you you know you you radio me you call me you text me i'll have my phone somehow i'll see it It may take me 30 minutes to an hour but i'll get it and i'll get to you you know if i'm on the ground you know because sometimes i'm all over the place yeah but uh but you know long story short there's no reason for a 71 year old man to do that not at all he can though and he will and he he can and you don't want to let him do it because because you know there's no reason to there's There's no no reason to wear out that much when you have the help i don't expect that to myself but it does bleed to this where people sometimes if they have the luxury my really good friend and hunting buddy frank who comes up with me um it is now getting to that point where he feels like if he went out on his own and he dropped an elk he would be successful enough of taking care of it and i think what happened was because he had a deer tag archery deer tag a few years back and he was able to become successful in uh, harvesting a deer and I was nowhere to be seen. I was completely on the other side of a mountain. I was 14 miles away, you see. So, but the long story short, uh, skinny of it was he had to take care of everything all by himself. So he grew a massive amount of appreciation of the amount of work 
that just a deer took yeah. to debone and to pack out on your back and to get it down and on ice as quickly as you can. And uh, if it's not uh, if it's not packed and ready to go, then you really want to spend the time in getting it up and up in and, the tree, and getting, yeah. getting separated, the air on it, yeah, getting, getting as much it, yep. shade as possible. People are like, oh, I take one of those heat tarps with me, and I throw that. I'm like, oh, oh heat tarp. Well, well, time out. You know, we don't want to. You know, think about that. Just find a really. Well, I couldn't find one. I said, well, yeah, I know. Sometimes I literally had to walk 50, 60, 70 yards to find that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always tell everybody, like, really be prepared uh, for that time when that happens. Like, be ready to put a uh, game pole up. Yeah. Like, I never not work without building a game pole first. That's the first thing I do. I look around, I find sturdy trees, I find one down, and I put a game pole up. up. Yep. So right then and there, that when I do get that leg that's super heavy, super, so I don't break any more bones being up there, you know, uh, that I can get that thing up and strapped and, and hanging and successfully so that I can manage my time, efficiency, and my energy. Uh, because it takes a lot out of you to go and do something like that. So that's something like my dad was saying, oh, you should do something like that. That would help people out tremendously. And I said, yeah, but in the heat of the moment, like I'm going to take all the camera gear? I'm like, man, it's it's. there's only maybe, so much a white boy like me that's <laughs> out of shape right now. Well, maybe, okay? well, maybe the brown, brown, this brown guy can come come mm-hmm. out, but we could put something like that together. Even though awesome. there, there, is, there is a lot of stuff out there already, but mm-hmm. it's not what you do. Yeah, it's not it's not what I do. So it's it's well the ones I've seen. I'm not knocking them by any means. But well, I, I agree. Seen, I agree. They're you know they're literally like in an open field during it's rifle very season, late season. Yeah. yeah, it's all staged and prepared for all of that stuff. These things stage. I can't stage this. You know, you I can't. don't know where my elk is. Yeah. at any given day. You know, I'm not out in the plains on a depredation hunt with a high power rifle, knocking it down like let's take care of it. On and then the field. pull back the truck up to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't I mean, get to go private private property where I can do that. And they have a side by side. They got a side by side to come right to it. Yeah, I don't get any of that luxury. Right? So <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that if you do that. No, but no, no, not at all. Um, so I mean that that's 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 crazy that you say that because it's to me that's where a lot of meat goes wrong. Yeah. That's where a lot of people get ruined. On the experience of of hunting is yeah I killed the gear I, I, I shot I killed what I did I did everything I needed to do at that point and then I screwed up mm-hmm. on the preparation of the meat whether it's whether it's fill dressing whether you're, you're you're gutting it whether you're doing a gutless method yeah. whatever you're deboning whatever you're doing yep. you did something wrong and you spoiled that meat you did something to that meat yep. I hear I hear that I do hear that a lot and there are places out there that if you do take care of that meat you could take it there have them butcher it there's a lot of good places out there sure but the best place to do it if you can is is at home by yourself yeah and that's like you 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 grew up doing it that way i grew up watching my uh grandpa who used to work at a meat packing house and i used i i watched him do it in the garage yeah we would we we would string him up string up and then he would just he would go to work on it i'd sit back there and i would watch it there then and working or if it was already skinned or whatever and it is amazing to watch somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, and that's they it. Make was, it, look it was, too easy. They, they did. And, and the only thing we didn't do, because we didn't have any grinders, mm-hmm. so we didn't do sausage, we didn't do hamburger. So if we wanted that done, we, we would take it out. We would take it down to a place and have it done there. And But other than that, I mean, we, we did everything else. And and it's something now I want to, I got a four year old son. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's not the most, the most important thing isn't for me it, is to, to make sure he does it. It's to make sure that he knows what he's doing it for, yeah. and then he does everything through to that point to prepping the meat. Doing, I want him yeah. to learn all of that. Yeah, sure. So it's 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 almost a loss. I don't I don't I don't know if you want to call it an art. I guess it could be an art. Mm-hmm. The the people that are that are in the know that do it a lot, mm-hmm. 
we, we know those people do it, but there's a lot of people that are um, just the, the, the average people that are starting to get, they, they, they don't do it. They want to take it somewhere and get it done. And a lot of times too, there's, there's people that have, that have saved up their entire vacation, not only their vacation time, but their money to afford to go to this hunting trip. And they're not going to afford to go pay 200 bucks, 300 bucks, whatever it is. Um, and you might get multiple animals too. So there's, there's, these people can't afford that. So maybe that's something that, you know, there's a lot of places you've got to look to do it, but we get you on and see the way you do it. Cause I, there's, I love, it may sound crazy, but I, I like to see the way different guys, um, prepare their game after they situations, you know, uh, you know, if you go on my Facebook page last year and you saw the elk that I downed in, like, the deepest, gnarliest timber known to man, uh, I mean, it was rough, like, angled like this, super steep in the nasties of toughest, toughest, uh, but you still got to work through all of that stuff and, and, and do things the right way, and, and it may be even the fact that you may try doing your best to move that animal if you can, yeah. nudge it around a little bit uh, to, to do it. More because, negotiable. Yeah, exactly, because you know, ultimately once you start moving it and you, you work on it and then you try to move it, now you're going to get disaster, because yeah. now you're going to get the dirt, the grime, the this, that, and uh, now it's meat, you know, stuff's kicking up, uh, you're just stepping around and the dust accumulating that you don't think about you know the dirt by making steps you know in around the animal i mean there's just so many factors but uh it'll be something that i definitely like to do and and we'll see if i can get something done even the next even in this next year you know because i've already been with my brain thinking it'd be nice to be able to to have something like that that i could but again to be able to stage something would be tough it it, it, it's it's have to be organic hanging the phone up you know yeah Hey, it's Ron. You know, we'll we'll see if we're out in the woods together this year. I would love to get out in the woods with you this year. We've talked about it a little bit. If if we can get out there this year, and if the situation presents itself, I mean, it would be great to do get something like that on there. But but to talk to a few people real quick about some recent stuff too, just to maybe help out a few people, depending on how fast this uh, you decide to make this uh, go out. But. Um, you know, there's a lot of water. You, we know we got that late season yeah. snowstorm, yep. Yep. which did force a lot of animals down. They got like, like what was it, like eight feet, ten foot up, 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 up high yep. up, yep. up there. Yep. I mean, it was. Crazy. I mean, I, I mean, I, in one area, in that area that I hunt, they had 32 inches. Oh. 32 inches of not normal that time this of is year. A wet, it was wet, packy snow too. It, was it wasn't. Very, yeah, a lot of animals. I saw more animals down low uh, my first run up there to get get stuff going than I had ever seen. Uh, was kind of cool to be able to see that many animals because it tells me my resident herd. Because mm-hmm. in any area uh, in, in Colorado, it's very rare that there's not at least a resident herd that hangs around. But then there's also a migratory herd that, uh, you know, if you look through the divisional wildlife and some of these uh, maps that they make now. There's like uh, two or three, isn't there? Yeah, and uh, that they can show, uh, even through the computer or on the Internet, you can go through and see some migratory. And a lot of those in those areas, uh, especially up the right hunt a lot of that uh you know like i look at the one at rabbit ears pass and i see that micro and i mean it's about dead on mm-hmm. like if you at some point in time say i'm i'm at the the basically the uh, the appointment you know what i yeah, mean yeah. and they're all coming my way. coming my way it's like eventually i'm gonna see something if yeah. i just 
plan it correctly because if you really think about it going if there's elk coming through here which access are they going to use the really rough stuff or take the easy well you might find that big bull that big there, old army. Yeah. he's going to make that herd kind of work through there because he's trying to get secluded but you might find just a nice four by four a five by five a decent five by five just out meandering down an easier path or a you know funnel but you get on those migratories and now you're getting masses kind of coming through and uh, i've had in my area up in there where i've seen almost 600 head in really? one spot and then the next day i'm like where did they go like i mean where did they go you know i'm like could they have gone from here to like craig or did they go from here to grandy you know grandy? which yeah, way did they go you know there, did they know? go here to the new mexico border where they're are they going, going? Yeah. you know what i mean now, knowing that they're migratory and they're moving to, in a certain direction, I can kind of gather. But I'm just looking at it going, how can that many elk just up and just, like, the very next day just be like, just gone. 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 And they were all together, like ants, you know, just, you know. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's, that's just the, the hunting. But I've, I've been trying to tell a few of my friends, and uh, I've got my good buddies from Connecticut coming back out, which is I'm, like, super excited about. Um, but it's like I'm trying to explain to them, you know, some situations. I'm like, hey, you remember that one spot? And you know how it's always dry and there's never water? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I got a foot of water. I'm like, what? Really? Shut the front door. What? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we haven't had water in there in 11 years. I'm like, yeah. We haven't had any yeah. water. I'm like, welcome to my world, man. They're like, so now they're like, well, what would you do? What are you doing? I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Leave it to yeah. me now. You know? yeah. I was like, wait a second. You well, why, don't been, you, why don't you get butt up said, here? I said, I'm going to wait till you guys get out here. I'm yeah. just going to kick back, you know. Like, hey, you guys, tell me go, what to do. Go find me some me what to do yeah so i mean that's 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 ron lowry right there guys uh everybody um he's gonna be on the show with me hopefully a couple more times maybe yeah, if not more bet. than that i mean i i'd love to have love to. you got you got a taste of that's just a taste of it just a taste of it and uh the there's there's plenty more to come from that so i'm really excited about this but um uh as always uh well real quick i want to thank uh, bass pro shops denver um we're down here in the fine gun room, or AKA the conservation room is what it is now. Yeah, yep. um, down here, uh, you come down here quite a bit as as you do this, the Colorado Spring store yeah, too. Yeah, I, I, I'm the pro staff out of Colorado Spring yep. store on the fishing department and also working on the uh, uh, doing seminars and speaking on the outdoor world, which is the hunting world. The hunting side, uh, yeah. Yep. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some stuff down there. But um, you know, as of recent, the next couple of big things I have coming up at the end of this month. Um, I have the third uh, walleye university class, which is the uh, kind of um, late spring into summer mm-hmm. patterns. And then the very last class is going to be uh, summer into fall. So. And, and I'll post, uh, and what we're kind of doing to do now, you're going to see the Facebook launch. You're going to see the, the YouTube site launch next week. All right, I mean, the YouTube's already out there, but you're going to see a lot more on there. I'm, I'm getting stuff together. I'm building foundation, uh, building blocks on this so I can release it all with not just, just something hanging there. So... You're going to see a lot of more, a lot more things coming from this, and whatever uh, Ron wants to share with me, I will put it out there so oh, you guys yeah. can share with me. So yeah, um, I, I spend a lot of time here at Bass Pro Shops, uh, especially one in Denver. Uh, they're a big partner with me, and uh, I do a lot of stuff with them. A great group of people here, Vaughn, oh, Laura Lee. Yeah, uh, they're they're great down here. So um, like again, like I thank them for letting us be in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, record this podcast here. And also, uh, what you guys can do, if you do me a favor, is the um, most important thing you could do, I guess I should say. Let me rephrase that. most important thing you can do for me is like and leave me a review. Whether you're looking at it on... Good, bad, or indifferent. Good, exactly. Leave me something. 
Um, get uh, Ronnie out of there. <laughs> get Ronnie out of there. <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to do that. Um, whatever you can, five-star reviews, two-star, three-star, whatever you can, just get, get – that That's helps other uh, uh, people that are want to get in the outdoors, helps them get, get – um, see the podcast. And, again, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not out there to be the resource. We're not out there to be uh, the best or the only place that is out there. We're just out there to be another resource. Mm-hmm. And uh, with all the information that we have, again, like I, I, we could keep going. We could we could keep going all night long. Um, I have a guide trip in the morning, but so. <laughs> I want Ron's got to go catch some fish tomorrow in the morning, so I don't want to keep him up. But uh, like I said, that's a little taste of what we got going on. Um, uh, hopefully, I get this out next week, which I'm probably going to do uh, here in the in the beginning of next week. This is kind of end of June, so uh, we'll get it out there. But again, go and share uh, share share it if you want. But the biggest thing is is rate and like it, uh, whatever your by means of wherever you're listening to it. But uh, again, I like to thank Ron. For coming on, um, I really appreciate it, yeah. and um, hope you come back, and uh, we'll uh, go from there. But uh, other than that, um, stay positive, and uh, if you're not winning, you're learning. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, just something. I told him a pappin' ma'am I was coming to the mountains to trap, be a mountain man. Acted like they was gut shot. Says, son, make your life go here. Here's where the people's is. And the mountains is for animals and savages. I said, Mother Q, the Rocky Mountains is the marrow of the world. By God, I was right. <laughs>